Thank you, worship team. I don't know what the like, legal definition of a choir is, but I think we're getting close. And man, I can get used to that. that uh, you guys sound amazing. Yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, good morning once again, church. Today is a great day as we celebrate the work of Christ in the hearts of nine people in our church who are being baptized. And if you are one of those nine or being baptized or one of the baptizers, I want to invite you to go ahead and head backstage right now. Get ready to go. And I know there's a lot of very nervous people heading backstage right now, so I'm going to just kind of keep my remarks short this morning. Um, as I walked in this morning, somebody, I'm not going to say who, but uh, his name rhymes with uh, Ron Flume, and he plays the bass guitar, looked at me and said, hey, short sermon this morning. And I just want to say, yes, but be careful, because I can go an hour if I need to. So don't press your luck there. But we are going to keep it short this morning, because we do want to get right to the bed. The baptisms, but, uh, but before we do that, I want to spend a little bit of time uh, just talking about what baptism means, what is the symbol of baptism. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 will be in verses 3 to 5 this morning. We will have the verses on the screen as well, but we're just going to spend a few minutes looking at Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 5. Baptism is one of the two ordinances that Jesus gave the church. Now, ordinance is just kind of a fancy word for thing to do, something that you're supposed to practice regularly. And the first ordinance that he gave the church was the Lord's Supper, and we do that regularly as a church. And the bread is symbolic of the body of Christ that was broken for us, and the, the cup is <clears throat> excuse me, symbolic of the blood of Christ that was poured out for us. And, and it's deeply symbolic. And baptism is the same way. When we celebrate baptism, what's taking place is deeply symbolic of what has already happened in the lives of those who are being baptized. So just like taking the Lord's Supper isn't what saves you, but taking the Lord's Supper the Lord's Supper is a reminder of what has already happened in my heart. The same is true as bapti with baptism. We're called to be baptized one time after we have started following Jesus as a public profession to show, publicly declare to the church the transformation that has already taken place in your heart. So we, before we get to the baptisms, and, and I promise we'll get to it soon, I want us to see three things that baptism symbolizes. We see them all here in Romans chapter 6, and I always feel more like a real pastor when I can alliterate, so uh, we, they all start with F, and so three things that we see uh, in the waters of baptism, and the first thing that baptism reminds us is that the old self is finished. The old self is finished. Look at verse 3. Of Romans chapter 6. It says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? They were baptized into his death. Now, strangely enough, when we celebrate baptism, the first thing that we're actually celebrating is that a death has taken place. And water is what symbolizes that death. Now in ancient times, water was a symbol of death, specifically like the sea was a symbol of death. You might have read in Revelation chapter 21, I think it is, talking about the new heavens and new earth, it says, the sea will be no more. And, and 
I've read that and I thought, that's a bummer because I really like going to the ocean and hanging out on the beach and apparently that's not going to be there in the new creation. But that's not what that's talking about. The reason it says the sea will be no more is because the, when you were an aquatic type of civilization, when what, what happened uh, so that you could sustain yourself and your life was you needed to be spending time on the water, whether in transportation or fishing or shipping or all these things took place on the water and a lot of people died out at sea. And so the sea was a scary place and water symbolized death. And that's why the waters of baptism symbolize death. And the death that it symbolizes is the death of the old self. The death of the old self. This is something we talk about a lot here at Rock Prairie. When we think about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that before we started following Jesus, like we weren't neutral to God. We've never been neutral to God at any point. We might like to think that. But we were actually, before following Jesus, we were enemies of God. And that's true of everyone, no matter how old or young you are. Apart from Christ, you are an enemy of God. When you're born, because of the sin of Adam, the original sin, you inherit that sinful nature. And then it doesn't take long right after you're born, and you see that, parents, don't you? It doesn't take long right after you're born for you to start sinning. And when we sin, we are enemies of God. And so what happens when you repent of your sin and you ask the Spirit to come into your heart is that that old self is finished. It's dead. It's gone. We are baptized with Christ into his death. And when we're baptized, it represents the fact that that old self that was hostile to God, that couldn't do anything to please God, that old self is now finished. Colossians 3.3 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I love that. You have died. If you're in Christ, your old self has died. It's not it is dying. It's not like if you work really hard, you can finally get rid of that old self. No. Placing your faith in Christ, Jesus finishes that old self, puts it to death once and for all. And now your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so baptism is a picture of this. Now, I have uh, an old pastor friend. His name was Douglas. He's from my former church in Iowa. And he would really take this to the next level. So anytime that we had a baptism service and he was doing the baptizing, he would, I've never seen anything like this before. They'd go through all the questions and get ready to baptize them. Instead of just doing the little gentle dunk, he would pick them up and slam them into the water as if like you've been to the dolphin show you got the, at the zoo, you got the splash zone in the first two rows. It was literally like he was trying to splash Splash the first, like you Salisbury's would have been soaking wet. You wouldn't need to bring another change of clothes. But he'd slam them into the water and then bring them back up. And I promise if you're listening backstage, if I'm baptizing you, I'm not going to do that to you this morning. But I love watching that in a sense. But first it's like, what are you doing, Douglas? But the old self is gone. It's done. Like, get rid of it. And that's exactly what we're seeing in the waters of baptism, that the old self has been put to death. The old self is finished and your sins have been forgiven. Past, present, and future. All of it completely wiped clean. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Our minds like to fight against that truth, but it's true. 
all of our sins in the past and the present and the future have been wiped clean if you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Christ. And baptism symbolizes that the old self is finished. Secondly, baptism reminds us that we are free to follow Jesus. We're free to follow Jesus. We see that in verse 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We might walk in newness of life. Now this is the great irony of the Christian life, is that it's all about freedom. Following Jesus is all about freedom. Now maybe if you don't know Christ, if you're here and you haven't been following Jesus, you think of, about Christianity, you think it's just a whole bunch of rules that you need to follow. But the opposite is actually the case. Baptism shows us now that we are free to follow Jesus. We're in Romans chapter 6 right now. In the next chapter of Romans, Paul is talking all about the law. And he's saying, essentially you can boil Romans chapter 7 down to saying, I want to do what's right. The law tells me what is right, and I want to do it. Like in my heart of hearts, I want to do it, but I can't. And the law is heaping judgment upon me because I just can't follow it. I want to do what's right, but my members, he says, my, like my hands and my feet and myself, like everything that makes me up, cannot keep the law. Wretched man that I am, he says, who will deliver me from this body of death? Who's going to save me? Because as hard as hard as I try, I want to keep the law and I can't do it. Can anyone relate to that this morning? I think we all can. And then Romans chapter 8, the greatest chapter in all of Scripture, begins with the most beautiful words. There is therefore now no, say it with me if you know it, condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We cannot keep the law on our own. We are before Christ slaves to sin. And in Christ now we are free to follow Jesus. So when you see our baptizees, I don't know if that's a word or not, the people getting baptized when they're dunked under the water symbolizes that their old self has been put to death. And then being raised up out of the water, it symbolizes now their freedom to follow Jesus. If you're not following Jesus, you are a slave to sin. If you're following Jesus, you are free. And what a tremendous freedom there is in following Jesus. Jesus, you are free to follow him, to seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I already sense that I'm going over the time that I promised, so I'm going to get a couple of shrugs in the back. Here we go. Last point. Baptism reminds us that we will live forever, that we will live forever forever. Verse 5, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall what? certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So going down into the water symbolizes the death of the old self. And coming up out of the water shows us the freedom that we have in Christ and the promise that of eternal life that has been secured for us right now. Again, this isn't a you might be united with him in the resurrection like his. This is you will certainly united with him. A hundred percent 
be raised to eternal life with him. And the nine people that we are about to hear from in the waters of baptism have all experienced that reality. They've all been raised to life with Christ. And if you're here this morning, first of all, and if that's not true of you, then I just want to encourage you and tell you the greatest news of all that this can be true of you too. If you, like the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, are recognizing, like, I can't do this on my own. Every single one of my efforts to get my life on the track I want to go, it just ends up with me spinning my wheels and digging in deeper and deeper. If you recognize that fact, then let me encourage you that you can be free and you can experience that beautiful truth of Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so if you're hearing this this morning and you aren't following Jesus, I just don't think it's an accident that you're here. And I want to encourage you, repent of your sin, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved, and you will experience the joy and freedom that is found in following Jesus and the security of knowing that you will live forever with him. Praise the Lord for that. Amen? And if you're here this morning and you're following Jesus, but you haven't taken this step yet of being baptized, of making that faith public, then let me just encourage you, like maybe this is just the morning for you to say, the next time this is available, I'm going to take that step. And if you're nervous about it, I promise you, we've got nine very nervous people backstage right now. We understand, but this is such an important step of obedience to publicly profess what God has done in your heart. And so let me encourage you to be bold and to be brave and to take that step.